Welcome to the season one finale of It Doesn't Look Good. I'm Tim, the host, and I just wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this first season. I've already started working on season two, so I hope you'll come back and listen when we start releasing new episodes. Today, we're going to hear from my sister-in-law, Meredith. She's going to tell us about how she persevered through some of the most difficult circumstances to finish her teaching degree and to fulfill her calling. So, here's the episode. As far as the story goes with perseverance and all of that, I mean, my struggle has started in school. As an elementary child, I always struggled with reading, writing, that whole avenue of everything. And arithmetic. Well, actually, I was good in math and science. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that was going for me. But the whole reading, science, or not science, social studies part just wasn't good. It was hard for me. I always struggled. My parents always got me help. We did a lot of tutoring and things like that. And so they were always trying to help me. And, I mean, things got a little bit better, but it was always just a struggle. So we're talking third grade, fourth yeah, grade? Yeah, third is pretty much when it came about. Uh, a lot of help in those areas. Um, and then, I mean, it just traveled on with me through middle school, through high school, and it was just hard. I mean, I always had to work above and beyond to get that B, or even yeah. sometimes even a C, depending on the subject. I can relate. <laughs> yes. So Mine's due to other factors. Yeah. Like apathy and laziness probably more than anything else. <laughs> well I mean some of it turned into laziness because it was just hard for me and I just got to the point where I was like it's too hard I don't want to do it. I can see that you know yeah. you're, you're struggling a lot and yeah. over time you realize that hey this is it's going to be difficult to make this get better so why even try. Exactly yep and so that carried on with me through high school and then obviously through college. Coming out of high school I went to UACCM I didn't want to go to college. No UACCM is uh, a local community yeah. college. Yes. Yep. Um, in Moralton. And so um, I didn't want to go to college. And so my parents and family pushed and told me, you know, at that point I knew I wanted to be a teacher. In the past, I had done a lot of work in children's ministry. And I just knew the call in my life was to be a teacher. In order to do that, I had to go to school. When did you realize that? I was fairly young. I started children's ministry about 12. Oh, wow. And so, that is young. Yes, and I've been in it ever since, still serving and everything. And so I knew early on, I might not have known I was wanted to be a teacher at 12, but I knew early on that I wanted to be a teacher just because of the love I had for kids in the children's ministry when I started doing that. Yeah, that's so cool that you got to have that mm -hmm. calling so early in your life. I remember when I was 14 and I was called to the ministry, it was something mm -hmm. that... I just knew, like you yeah. just know. And when you know, you know. Yeah. And so I, I feel like because of that, because it was so early, I at least was able to spend the next formative years of my life from 14 until I was in college, 18, 19 years old, preparing myself mm -hmm. to do that. So for you, you said that you were 12 when you knew that you wanted to be a teacher. You felt called yeah. would you say yeah yeah okay absolutely. so so you felt called to be a teacher at 12 years old mm -hmm. what did that look like for you like for me I spent a lot of time around pastors and mm -hmm. student pastors and a lot of time learning the ropes of what it looks like to mm -hmm. be in ministry so what did that that look like for you um it was really just diving into student or not student ministry children's ministry for sure. me um I was 12 
working with infants, working with toddlers. Um, and I just knew at that point, I just wanted, especially in the toddler age, like I was teaching them things, you know, in a church setting, it was obviously not the school setting, but I still knew at that point I wanted to teach. Yeah. Teaching them things like how to not bite each other. Yeah, you know. (laughs) Hit things and throw things. Yeah. So I just knew that early on, wanted to be a teacher. And so obviously with that, I had to go to college out of high school. Didn't want to. I felt like, and my parents felt like for me, the easiest transition since I did struggle so much in school would have been the community college and just try to almost get my feet wet with the college feel first before jumping into a big university. And I didn't like the big university feel. It was very intimidating and I wanted a smaller school. And so tried the community college, was there for two years, Mm -hmm. just on the track of getting um, just, what are those? Basics. Yes, yeah, just getting the basics done. Yes, thank you, tenants. I'm just getting those done and out of the way. And then from there, I mean, through the whole time, it was going to be a teacher, going to be a teacher. That was my end goal, but just get those gen eds done. So from there, I transferred to Central Baptist College, CBC in yeah. Conway. You said that you did not want to go to college out no. of high school, but you knew that you wanted to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. So when you were considering your senior year going, mm-hmm. hey, next year, like, I have to go to college mm-hmm. because in order to be a teacher, or did you consider doing some other sort of teaching, maybe well, at a daycare or something like that? Um, I was, te- I was um, actually a... Um, assistant at a daycare at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was seeing the admin side of it and I had thought, well, I'll take off a year. I'll do this for a year, get some money. You know, I'm a senior in high school. All I care about at that point was money. I was like, well, I'll just do this. There are scriptures in the Bible about yeah. you shouldn't do that. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> and so it was just, I didn't want to go back into school, but again, I knew teaching was in the books for me. And I was like, yeah. I'll just wait a year. Sure. You know, I'll just take it off. That didn't fly. No. My parents, um, because them knowing me, they said, if you take off a year, you're not going to go. And I pro- I mean, I honestly don't know if I did take off a year, what would have happened? I think it all just happened in the Lord's timing and they knew I needed to go. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I just took the small step okay. to community college instead of university right off the bat. It was probably an easy, like you said earlier, an easier leap from. Yeah, it was an easy transition for sure. It just to- felt like a little bit of a glorified high school you know I didn't have the strict schedule yeah. kind of a little bit more flow for my life and so I was able to control it a little bit better but it did still feel very much so like high school so you ended up at CBC and it's also I know from experience a very small school yes I think I graduated with under 100 people oh yeah so and that was in 2012 yes and it was it was a very I have never been to a university, but mm-hmm. it, I assume is fair different than a big university. Oh, absolutely. And that's honestly what sold me on it. I didn't want to go to University of Central Arkansas. Just the size was intimidating to me. Yeah. And I was like, I just, I like the quaint, small feel of what CBC had to offer. And so transferred there. I think I did about a year of, again, kind of their gen eds because they required some different things. And then shortly after that... Got those all done. I was entering into the teaching program. Okay. So right from there, I just knew I was going there to get my teaching degree. And so then I signed up for the teacher ed program and got accepted. What is that? Teacher education program. Oh, okay. So yeah. this is the, the program, that the teaching program. Yes, yeah. Okay. You do gotcha. two years of this and then you get your license and oh, okay. you're a teacher. 
after your internship. And so signed up, got accepted. It was me and two other young ladies, uh, just the three of us. And we started the teacher education program at CBC. So obviously you went to, you went to the community college first and Mm -hmm. then now you're at CBC. Mm -hmm. Did any of the issues that you had in elementary school that you mentioned earlier persist through the community college and through CBC? Like, were you still having trouble with the writing and all of that stuff? Oh yeah. I mean, it was always a struggle. Again, it never came natural to me. I always had to work above and beyond. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, when I got to Moralton at the community college, I had to take a test to be able to like pass out of their basic writing class, just to be able to try to get into where like the entry level was. And so, I mean, it just, it followed me. It Mm -hmm. did. I always had to try and try harder um, than everybody else around me. It never came natural. So it was just always a struggle. Um, we started and at first it was super exciting because this is just what I felt like I had been preparing for, honestly, up until, you know, now at this point, like my whole life, I was like, I know I'm supposed to be a teacher. So it was exciting to be there. First semester was great. Second semester harder, you know, kept getting harder and harder as it was supposed to. And it just kind of got to a point where I was like, this is a lot just projects that we had to do, unit plans. I mean, just everything. Yeah. Um, How many hours a week would you say you were working on it? I don't even know. I mean, it was weekends. In addition to your job at the daycare that you were working. Yes. Yeah. And church. Church. uh, Nannying. I was nannying. So obviously all kid oriented still, but yes. So how long, how many hours did you say? A week. Gosh, I don't even know. I mean, class time time before and after school, I would say at least 50 hours a week, easily, if and not more. That's just because of your classes and then yes. all of the work that homework, yes. plus the extra work that you're having to put on top of it just because you struggle to, to keep yeah, up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Any, you know, writing of plans and things like that, yeah. it just took extra time and um, it just didn't always click for me as well as it does everybody else. And so putting in just a lot of time, a lot of effort into all of this. And as you enter the teaching program, you know, they tell you up front, you have these tests that you have to pass in order to get your teaching license. So they say, start early. So then you kind of have time if you don't pass, so then you can, you know, still have time to study in between all of the assignments and everything that's mandatory to also study and take these tests. It's a Praxis series test. At the time, it was four tests. So it was literacy, math, science, and social studies. You had that math and science one down, though. Sure did. Um, actually, first time I took it, I just kind of went in blindsided because I was like, I just need to see what it's about. So went in, passed the math and science, did not pass the literacy and social studies. And so at that point, I was like, okay, I have a middle ground. I passed two. I need to pass two more. And yeah. this was very early on in the teaching program. I honestly don't remember. First year at CBC? This was second year because I had to do my first year of gen eds. That's right. Their gen eds. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, second year at CBC. And so from there, I don't remember studying a whole lot for the literacy. I think it was just kind of like a, okay, I studied a little bit. Let's go back and try this again and see if I can pass it too. That's how I took the driving test when I was 16. (laughs) How did that go? Uh, It not (laughs) well. And so I did study a little, prepared myself a little bit better because I had an understanding too of how the test was going to go. And so I went in a second time. This is probably still early on at CBC, second, probably second semester of teaching program at this point. Okay. And so I passed the literacy. 
Um, so I passed the literacy going in and taking the test a second time. Did not pass the social studies. Okay, so you've passed three out of four. You've got one yes. left, and we're still super early into the program. Yeah. It's, you said, second semester maybe of your second year. Yeah. So... So yeah. two more semesters left. Yeah, two two yeah. semesters whole left. Year. So a whole year. Mm-hmm. And and you've got one left. Yeah, yeah. So things are looking pretty up. Yes. And so I did take some time off because I was like, okay, I just have one. I need to focus on school. Just get this stuff done. Study a little bit on the side, you know, just kind of take it nonchalantly. Through my third semester, I did take it a handful of times. I honestly don't even know the timeline. Yeah. But I know I took it at least three more times and did yeah. not pass. Does it cost money to? Oh, absolutely. Take this test? Yes. Was it expensive? Yes. Um, I want to say like the first four altogether. Yeah. Um, was two to three hundred. Oh gosh. Um, and then a single test after that, I want to say it was like one hundred and twenty dollars just okay. a single test. Yeah. Um. So. so this is obviously this is an added mm-hmm. stress inducer on top Absolutely. of not passing and and a you, poor college student trying yeah. to pay for tests and that are outrageous as a mm-hmm. nanny and at a daycare mm-hmm. and so you're you're taking that those funds that you're making from that that you also have to use to pay car insurance and phone bills bill rent. And, right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so you're having this added level of like i said stress on top yes. of schoolwork mm-hmm. still too you're doing yeah. still like 50 hours of schoolwork yeah. you said and then yep. all of your jobs and everything on top of that mm-hmm. so yeah it was a lot so I know at that point by my third semester I had taken it about five times okay um still didn't pass and each time you took it it was about a month until you waited till results yeah and then after you got your results you couldn't take it for another month so there's always a two to three month gap Sure. Between the tests, and I kind of just kept signing up, signing up, signing right. up. I was like, I've got to pass this yeah. eventually. Got to have it. Yes. So every time you would take it, obviously you're you're after that first time when you just kind of studied a little bit yeah. and thought maybe I can get by with this. Mm-hmm. I'm sure now you're putting in hours and hours of study, right? Yes. Yeah. So when you get the results back, say that first time that you took it mm-hmm. in that in that third semester, mm-hmm. and you failed. Mm-hmm. And then the second time you take it mm-hmm. and you failed, mm-hmm. what are your, like, what's going through your head each time? I mean, are you getting more and more discouraged or Absolutely. are you kind of around the same? Or are you, does it make you more determined? Like, tell me kind of what you're thinking through that process. I would say most of the time when I got results back, it was very defeating. I would get them back and it would just be, I mean, it would be a struggle to accept it. Again, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in the same boat again. Just failing nonstop is what it felt like. And I did. It felt like I was just a failure. Definitely by, you know, I'm third semester into this teaching program. All I have left is my internship. I've busted myself so hard trying to get to that internship. And I couldn't start my internship until I had all of these tests passed. Right. And an internship is student teaching, yes, right? So yes, you, this would, you would be teaching. at a, an elementary school yes. with another teacher. Yes. And, and I'm sure everybody out there can remember having a student teacher <laughs> yes. at some time in their life. So yeah, just to give them an idea of what you're talking about when yeah. you say internship. And so I couldn't start that though until I had all these passed. So no. I'm coming up on the end of my third semester. I still have this one test left. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing standing between me and doing my internship 
and getting my teaching degree. Starting your career. Yes. And it's like, I'm so close, but it's this one test. Yeah. So with that in mind, what was your response as far as spiritually? Like, were you, were you just angry or you saying, Hey God, like what's going on? Like I'm busting my butt and I feel like you're leaving me hanging out to dry. Mm -hmm. Or are you, does like, just like I asked before, does it make you more determined? I would say up front, it was, um, I don't know if I would ever say I was angry at God for, you know, not getting me to that point of passing, but I was definitely frustrated. Oh yeah. Um, it was okay. God, again, you know, I've studied, I've studied, I've studied. Why can't I do this? Um, and that was the initial, but then after, you know, a few days of the results sinking in, it was more of the, um, the plead, I guess. Okay, God, you know, I'm going to pour myself into this again. Please let this be the last time I have to take this test. I'm five in and I'm right. sick of this test. And so then it did, it became a plea. It became a, just a, I knew he called me to be a teacher and I didn't understand why he was letting this one thing hold me back. So it was hard to understand. Definitely something that I just, I was like, there was times I'd go into the test and I'm like, God, you've got this. Help me through yeah. this. Um, because I just, I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. I had bought all this study material. I had watched all the crash course YouTube videos. I mean, I've poured money and money into this and time and time. Right. And I just didn't know what else to do. And so it was the end of my third semester, still hadn't passed it. And I knew going into that fourth semester that I was just going to have to wait. Why would you have to wait? Because I didn't pass the test yet because I couldn't start my Oh, sorry. The yes, internship. you couldn't start the internship. Yes, yeah. So I was okay. having to wait for the fourth quarter to start or having Until to wait on my test. The test. Yes. And so from there, um, you know, I talked to my advisor and she was like, well, let's just keep taking this test. I was like, okay, signed up for the sixth test. And it was going to be in the spring because that was a fall semester. So signed up in March. And actually I signed up in May. I was supposed to take the test the end of May. And so at that point I was like, well, I'm having to take off of school. I'm going to start substituting. Might as well work while I'm studying for this test. And until I can pass it, this is what I'm going to have to do. So they let me put everything on pause, essentially. Um, And they told me, when you pass it, we'll get you into your internship. So I signed up for it, was studying, spending a lot of time, any free time I had. Went to Starbucks a lot, (laughs) got my little, you know, study area set up and just notes after notes. I mean, I think I have two full notebooks of just social studies notes from, again, YouTube videos, different books, different just material that I've bought online to study. So I signed up for the test and at before or right after I signed up for the test my husband Joe and I got married we got married in November um and so again I knew that was coming too so I wasn't so just to add one more thing on top of everything else that's going on Mm -hmm. you're now planning a wedding yes on top of it which we we didn't talk about it before but I remember that Mm -hmm. and I, I just remember you being stressed out from time yes. to time. Yes. Well, it was. I mean, I'm and I don't still... mean that in a bad way. I just no. I can remember it. Yeah. I mean, weddings are stressful. Yeah. It's a lot of planning. And I'm also having this test just still hanging over my head. And so there's just a lot going on in your life. Yes. That is very difficult at yeah. the time. Yeah. 
And so we got married in November. After that, you know, there was just nights where he was still in school too. So it was being married, us both trying to finish up school. He was going to graduate in May and I was studying for this praxis test. And I had pushed it out so far because I knew we were getting married and a lot just came with that. So I was like, well, I'm just going to wait until the end of the spring semester. Hopefully I'll pass it. Then I can start my internship in the fall. Almost right. like a last straw kind of Remove thing. Remove one of those stressors. Yes. So the... it's not just hanging over my head and I have one month to study. It was like I had several months. Yeah. I had time. And I did. I just tried to take my time and not stress myself out any more than I needed to. So he graduated in May. We had family up for his graduation. Yeah, so this is May after yes. your wedding yes. in November. Yes. So I we got married November 2016. His graduation was May 2017. So family was here, you know, big graduation weekend. We go to the graduation on a Saturday. Family staying in our two little two-bedroom apartment, you know. Um, family being his... His parents. Parent? Okay. And brother were and staying brother. with us wow. in our apartment. And his brother and um, sister-in-law were also in Conway, but they weren't staying with us at the time. So we had our two little bedroom apartment, five people, five adults, all staying together. So Saturday, graduation. Sunday, we wake up. We have a breakfast. We're going to church. His dad, at this time, was loading our dishwasher, and he had collapsed. And he had a heart attack right there. And so, you know, we're trying to do our best to handle the situation. Was anyone in there when it happened? Yes, it was the whole, I mean, the whole family, we were all eating breakfast and he was loading the dishes. So we were all there, except Joe's other brother and sister-in-law. Okay. And so we call ambulance, you know, we do everything we need to at this point. Did Um, you know at the time it was a heart attack? We, he had issues in the past with stroke and heart attack. I believe he had one stroke and one heart attack prior. So there were some heart issues that we knew about. And so... Was he responsive at the time? To be honest with you, it was such a blur of everything. I don't recall how responsive he was. He was for a little bit, but then he kind of faded out as my brother-in-law was doing like CPR and everything on him, just trying to talk with him and keep him conscious while the ambulance was coming. And so ambulance comes, you know, they tell us to back up, they do their thing, and they couldn't bring him to on our kitchen floor. They were there, I don't even know how long, I mean, it felt like forever, but probably about 10 minutes just trying to revive him. They finally got him revived, they got him on a stretcher, and they take him to the hospital, and of course we follow. And so we get to the hospital, and I honestly don't think we're there for more than 20 minutes, and they have come in and told us that he had passed away. So hard news, very very hard news. Very hard news. And, and it all is... happened and unfolded right in front of our eyes. Yeah. And so this is in the middle. We were married for six months. Six months, yeah. I We're still, I mean, he just finished school. Mm-hmm. I'm still in the heart of school, still right. trying to get this test passed. And honest, by the end of the month, I'm supposed to be taking a test. So obviously that is not anything on my mind at this time. And But I'm supposed to be focusing on it because I'm supposed to get this passed. And you can't focus on exactly. it. Exactly. So we got the news that he had passed away. Of course, family and friends, and it was supposed to be Joe's celebration day. We were going to have a big lunch at my parents' house. Celebrate his graduation. Yes. And now he's mourning the loss of his father all in the same day. Yes. Um, So just obviously not what you plan to happen at all. So we 
from there pack up and his family lives in Texarkana so we head to Texarkana to be with yeah. family so we're in Texarkana same day, same day. That's devastating. Yes. What kind of conversations are the two of you having during that? Like, was it like, are you in shock? Like, yeah, it was, it was definitely shock. Um, I don't remember the drive down there. I remember being there in Texarkana. Yeah. I don't remember, you know, the drive with everybody because the whole family headed back to Texarkana. We were all in Conway. And so we all loaded up and we headed back. It was, it was a very shell shock just experience. Even still, it's like I know there's just things I don't remember because I was just in shock. And so it, it was just a very somber attitude and just shock, yeah. It's really what it came down to. So we were in Texarkana for about a week. And again, I brought all my study stuff because I'm like, I still have to study. I still have this test. And that's more of me thinking about it than Joe because, I mean, his dad just passed away. Right. And but it's in the back of your mind. Like, absolutely. Like, yeah, because it's still hanging over my head. It's still something I have to do. Yeah, it's something that you, I would imagine, push down. Yes. I can't think about this right now. but It's going to be here yeah. eventually, so I have it's to almost face it. It's going to be here before I know it. Yes. Yeah. So That had to be so hard mm-hmm. to know that it was something that you had to be thinking about. Almost like about. my A game for. <laughs> right, but at the same time you are dealing with something so heavy like Mm -hmm. the loss of a parent Mm -hmm. in the first six months of your marriage Mm -hmm. that's difficult yes I mean you're still learning about each other and everything in your first six months and now it's like how do I help him in this time I mean I didn't I didn't know yeah um how old were you Ooh. Old man now, 28. I was 24. <laughs> Sorry, so, math. So 24 year old, yes. and you're dealing with the loss of a parent, and mm-hmm. how to comfort your husband of yes. six months, who's also around the same age, 25, mm-hmm. 24. And that's not something that every 24, 25 year old no. has to deal with. No, it. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, just playing it all out again. And I mean, I never got that mental image out of my head of what had happened on our kitchen floor yeah and it just just collapsed yes and so it was a lot it was a lot to process and so we were in Texarkana I know we were there for a week and the following weekend I had gotten a phone call while I was in Texarkana and I don't think I answered right away I missed it and so again we're there with family I'm trying to study on the side trying to be with family trying to wrap my head around you know, DK still being gone. DK was Joe's dad. And so it was still just this whole world of emotions. So I received a phone call and it was from my dad. I went back to get it. I called him back and he had the news of Caitlin, my sister, being diagnosed with her cancer. And so again, my whole world turned upside down. What it really felt like at that point. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like what else? What else can we pile on at this point? And so then really at this point, the test was out of my mind. I was not worried about it. I was worried about my husband who just lost his dad. I was worried about my sister who was just diagnosed with cancer. And so it really was just last thing on my, on my mind at the time. So I headed to Conway to be with my family, to be with them and then try to process that news. Did you feel like, Lord, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yep. I didn't, I mean, and it just felt like I was, I don't know, 
it just felt so surreal. Yeah. I was like, is this even true? Like, how does this all happen? How does this all happen within a week of each other? You know? And so it was, I guess, you know, got to Conway and was with my family. And then the whole process started with Caitlin shortly after that because of her surgeries and everything. And so her surgery being the end of, towards the end of the month, my praxis was the very last week of the month. That's a detail that I often forget because of my perspective. Well, in timeline, when you're in the middle of it, it just, it's hard to keep track of it all. And so between those two weeks, as much as I could, I was studying. In the hospital. In the hospital. (laughs) At home. Waiting rooms. Yes. And car rides between the hospital yeah, and home. I mean I was always trying to get any little time that I could but I mean my mind was it was not there it wasn't focused on the test at all sure I don't know I don't know how, how I could, could have been. <laughs> yes and so again I went in this was my sixth time to take the test I took it after her big surgery and that was the surgery you know that we had found out the news that they weren't going to be able to right. remove the tumor at that time so again yeah. that added on top of everything so I took it and, you know, I wait the three to four week time period to get my results and I failed. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, you know, we're in hospitals again with Caitlin and at this point, you know, we're planning a funeral for Joe's dad, still trying to be with them, be with my family, be with my sister, take care of my schooling, work because, you know, we're newly married. We have our rent now. We have, you know, things we had to take care of and he had to work. I had to work. So... What in the midst of all of this gave you hope or did you have hope or were there little moments that you can remember or recall that that you sat down maybe with Joe and and just talked about hope like what what was it that kept you going basically is what I'm asking. I would say the thing that kept me going was definitely the Lord and I think it was the calling that I had early on just I knew I was supposed to be a teacher. And obviously his time frame was not my time frame. And the events that happened between me starting and me finishing is not what I had planned. So I think the calling early on definitely helped drive me, helped push me. I yeah. knew I was supposed to be a teacher. How yeah. I got there, I didn't know. And family, for sure. I wouldn't have taken the test as many times as I did if it wasn't for family, especially yeah. Joe. He was like, I knew the whole time you were supposed to be a teacher. Right. He was like, even though you're you know, caught off guard every single time with felt results. He was like, I knew you were supposed to. And so looking back, do you feel like you can see the Lord's plan a little better now on this side of it? Yeah, I, I kind of was talking. Even despite the death of his dad in the first six months of your marriage Mm -hmm. and literally a week later finding out that your sister has cancer and then Mm -hmm. two weeks after that finding out that it's stage four Mm -hmm. inoperable like all of those things are huge things that Mm -hmm. you would think would absolutely decimate and destroy any amount of hope that you could have but looking back now and seeing maybe that's my question is is can you see a little bit more clearly what the Lord's plan was through that time I don't know if necessarily his plan, but I do know with his timing. I had talked to my mom the other day. I was like, you know, if I had my teaching degree any earlier, and this kind of fast forwards a little bit, I'm teaching in Fort Smith now. It's like, obviously the Lord had me 
here in Conway still for a reason. And I do 100% believe that that was to be with family, to be with Caitlin. Because... Like he knew, I mean, obviously he knew yes, all of these things yeah, were coming. Yeah, but he was keeping me here. Yeah. Um, because my teaching degree took me out of town. Right. Um, it could have, I don't. I mean, I don't know where it could take you. You never know where your teaching degree can take you. And so I think his plan the whole time was just to make sure that I was close. Because, I mean, he knew I wouldn't have been able to do the distance. Oh. I would have dropped everything and been right, right. by my sister's side. And like, that's just your personality. Absolutely. That's just the trait. Of, it's family. I'm going to sure. be there. And so, I mean, obviously his plan is perfect. And seeing it unfold now, yeah. I know it was perfect, even though it sucked. <laughs> yeah. In that moment. In that moment. Yes, absolutely. Very um, difficult. Yeah. So just moving forward a little bit in time, you still, you failed that, that test the in May. test, yeah. So take us from there. So from May, got the results, and you know a month later ish failed, and moving forward from there, I knew I knew I had to keep going. I didn't want to. The sixth test really knocked me on my knees. I can see how it would because you've been stressed for all of these reasons, mm-hmm. and then you add the death on top of that, and mm-hmm. then the cancer on top of that, mm-hmm. and now it's just like. The one thing that you had hoped that you yes. would only be the one thing that you would have to worry about, and you've you've failed again. Yeah, and it's the sixth time at this point. So again, so, it's the whole rejection feelings, just the failure feelings. I mean, just everything. Times ten, yes. I would imagine. Yes, I mean yeah. there was. I honestly can't remember if it was the sixth or the seventh time, but I mean there was a moment where I was on our kitchen floor just in tears like I couldn't do it anymore sobbing yes I got the results of failing and I was like I can't do this anymore I'm just done feeling like a failure but each time that happened you know Joe was there and he had picked me up family was there and they were like you have to keep going this is this is your calling and you are supposed to do it and yes the circumstances around you are not ideal right now but it's gonna happen so I signed up again for a seventh test I do not remember when I took that. Sometime in, I know it was in a lull that we were in with Caitlin and her treatments. I believe that she might have been in California at the time. Because I know I was studying and subbing, taking the test when I could. So I took it a seventh time and again got those results and failed. I mean, like I said, you know, family encouragement through all of this. Caitlin was a big part of that. You know, she'd always tell me, you're going to be a teacher. You're going to be a teacher. And I was like, really? Are you sure? (laughs) Because right now it's not looking so good. Was she actively encouraging you through oh, yes. her treatments? And yes, things? absolutely. I mean, she's the one getting treatment. She's the one through surgeries, and she's like, how'd that go? So, I mean, that just really shows you her heart yeah. for it, too. I am very aware how <laughs> yes. she um, always seemed to, to not worry about herself much, and she always wanted to worry about the people she loved. Absolutely, 100%. And so, from there, I signed up again to take it an eighth time. And it was really after the seventh time that I was, I wanted to be done. I wanted to just put it aside because at this point things weren't going so great with Caitlin with her treatments and I wanted to be there. I took a trip out to California at one point, I remember just to be there. And so I was like, I just need to focus. I need to focus on family. I need to focus on her and still try to help my husband, who's still grieving, you know, his dad, which, I mean, again, that's just a hard thing. 
And so there was just still so much on my plate and I was feeling suppressed with it all. So I signed up for an eighth test to take it March of 2018. And I took it March 2018 and I passed. Yay. Yeah, finally, eighth time. I can remember the excitement. Yes. I sent a whole Snapchat to our family crying in the car because <laughs> I got my results. I got a raw score and I knew that raw score. I had done research. I knew that raw score had me in. So it was, I mean, it took all of me leaving that seat at the testing center to walk to my car before I could lose it. Yeah. <laughs> Just of tears of joy that I was done. You know, I had checked it off after eight times of just doing this. Yeah. You finally crossed the finish line. Finally did. And now I was like, okay, I can get into my internship. I can get my teaching degree. The hard part is finally over. <laughs> yes. And I was hoping there was no harder parts ahead. And so that's what I did. I took it in March of 18. I started my internship of August 18. Started my internship, did that. And September of 2018 is when Caitlin called in hospice. So I'm a month into my internship, still busting my butt at school. I would take my school from my the school that I was at, all my school work, I would drive to the hospital. I'd be in the room doing my work, doing whatever I had to. And then when she called in hospice, it was, okay, go to school in the morning, bring my school work, come to the house, be with her. And that was that was my life. It was just nonstop schoolwork and being with family. Leading into that, you know, she passed away the end of September 2018. And that the week before she passed, she had told me, all right, you, you need to be here. You need to stop going to school. Um, and so I did. Um, Just because she, you felt like, do you feel like she was saying that because she knew, like she knew it was coming? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, she had known like, or she knew like her last days were coming. So at that point I was like, okay. You know, she she told me what I had to do. <laughs> Caitlin being Caitlin, I knew she was serious. Um, and she said, you know, you need to be here. Yeah. So I did. Um, I dropped everything. I contacted my school. And I had told them, you know, I need I need a pause. I need to stop school for right now. And, CB, and you were interning? Yes, I was in my... At the time? Uh, I guess a month and a half into my internship. Sure. At this time, my student teaching... And CBC being as amazing as they are, they said, okay, you take the time you need. And so I stopped. You know, I was here 24-7 with her. Yeah. And then she had passed away about a week later. And so I took off time from school um, until after her service was done and just spending time with family. And I had to, they gave me, instead of just, completing my student teaching in one semester they told me okay we'll give you a year as long as you complete by may right all assignments all your time you're good so i was like okay great thank That's you awesome. yes super super amazing in the whole situation of things and so for me to do my time i went back to student teaching between thanksgiving and christmas just that few weeks took off time in Christmas and then I went back a little bit later in January finished my time just with my school and assignments and I completed the time aspect of it by mid-March 2019 and so finished that and then I had to get assignments done and then graduation in May 
and I was able to check all the boxes, get yeah. everything I needed to do done by the grace of God because I don't know how, I don't know how I did it. <laughs> there, that had to be a moment of almost relief being even amongst everything that's going on around you with the, the death of your father-in-law and yes. the death of your sister. But it's been such a long road for you as far as the the testing and the school mm-hmm. and everything. And even because of those, those deaths, mm-hmm. knowing now that, well, I'm finally finished with school and test and all of that stuff like it had to be such a relief it really was just to to go (sighs) Mm -hmm. like you can finally breathe out yes yeah and that's really I mean after my time was done in March I was just like oh my gosh like I feel like I can be me again (laughs) like I'm not weighed down with all these stresses and finally grief yes yeah there was definitely much needed time for that at that point. And a lot of that did happen from March to May from there because it was me time at that point. <laughs> I mean, it, it really was. You deserved it, was, it. It was, you know, Joe was at work and I wasn't subbing at the time because I had to get my assignments done and I needed to focus on myself and what I wasn't focusing on, you know, previous and honestly even focusing on Joe, yeah. still grieving his dad. And so from there, graduated in May. Applied for jobs all over the state. Got one interview <laughs> in Fort Smith, and that's where I am now. That's awesome. Just the one. Just so, one. I applied all over the state. Yeah. Every district that I could that had an opening, and I got one interview. And, and it was the only one you needed. The only one I needed. Yeah. So it's like the Lord planned it or something. Yeah. So we've talked about it a little bit already, but just just to touch back on it because I think it's so important to always point out that the Lord has a plan mm-hmm. and it may not seem like it yeah. in the, the thick of just the hardest part of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like I said, I feel like it's always important to, to, to talk about it. Yeah. So looking back at everything that you went through, what are you most thankful for? Like, what's the takeaway? The takeaway through it all, and I say this even still today, after, you know, a few years of things behind us, God is faithful, (laughs) always will be, through the thick, through the thin. He's going to be faithful. He's going to take care of his kids. He's going to, he always wants the best for us. And it's just sometimes we have to, We have to push. We have to have that perseverance. We have to have that trust and just know he does have the best thing for us, even though it always doesn't feel that way. Because I, I mean, there were moments, especially throughout all the tests and diagnosis and everything. Um, I didn't feel like, you know, he had the best for me in those moments sometimes. Yeah. But when I was able to just step back and you know have my time with him he's like mayor i am faithful i i'll see you through this he did yeah it reminds me of the scripture that blake shared with us a few weeks ago from second corinthians um that just says we're, we're afflicted 
uh, but not crushed and perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted and not forsaken. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. Yeah. And it just seems like you were struck down over yes. and over and over and over again, but you were never destroyed yeah. because God didn't allow you to be destroyed. Absolutely. He always gave you what you needed, mm-hmm. even if it was just a sliver of hope. Mm-hmm. You always had just enough to yeah. get you through. And then obviously now you're, you're, in the job that yes. you, you were called to so yeah. many years ago. And I think that's so cool. Yeah, two years in and loving it. I know that's where I'm supposed to be. That's awesome, I love it. Meredith has the benefit of hindsight to know that God is faithful, even in the toughest moments. But you may not. You may be in the middle of a really difficult season in your life and feel like God is far from you. There's a verse in Psalms that says, When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. I'm not saying that everything is going to be okay tomorrow, but if you trust in Christ for your salvation, you will receive new life and he will be near to you. If you have questions about how to do that, please fill out our prayer request form on our website, hopeagainsthope.com. It was a lot of hard work to make each and every episode of It Doesn't Look Good. So thank you. You made all of my hard work pay off by listening and letting me know how the show has impacted you. If you haven't already, now's the time to subscribe so you'll be the first to know when season two starts. Please share our show with someone you know. Remember to rate and review us so people can more easily find us. And check out hopeagainsthope.com to find out more about what we do. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you guys next season. Just in case you weren't aware, It Doesn't Look Good is sponsored entirely by Hope Against Hope. If you haven't taken the time to check out our website yet, you can do that at hopeagainsthope.com. And please consider making a tax-deductible donation while you're there. Every dollar donated goes directly to people that have life-threatening illnesses and to make sure we can continue to provide that much-needed financial relief. Thanks.